All right. Well, uh, <laughs> sorry to catch you by surprise, but welcome back to the S3 Magazine podcast. I am Jonathan Woolley. The dude over there that hadn't talked yet is Mike Sanders, none other than Mike Sanders. Um, we haven't made a podcast in a week or so. And we apologize for that. Uh, you know, we can make some excuses. Our kids went back to school and we're pretty much damn tired. And a lot of times we do these things after hours, but we're pushing through and we're doing it for y'all. Uh, but we got a couple of topics, I guess. Normally we try and keep it to a topic, but since we're backed up, we'll just talk about some of the recent stuff that we've been writing about. Uh, I guess first things first, um, uh, you know, EVs, of course, we're going to talk about EVs. They seem to be hitting a ceiling. When I say hitting a ceiling, I'm talking about with regards to percentage of the total car market, they kind of rushed from 6 to 10% in the last year or so, but then they hit a wall at 10%. And EVs are stacking up at dealerships. Uh, and it begs the question, is 10% just the wall? Is that what, I mean, basically, look, I'm trying to ease into this. Like you've had the entire automotive industry has been rushing to EV in a frenzy, kind of frantically. And maybe they've been rushing so hard that, they haven't realized that they're all kind of racing for 10%, maybe. So, so now that these EVs are coming through the pipeline, obviously there's been a bunch of delays, a bunch of deceptions, a bunch of recalls, a bunch of chip shortages, a bunch of Chinese batteries skyrocketing. All these things have been happening. And now that some of that's getting worked out in the cars and, and, and the, all the promises that they were making that they're going to start making these things are kind of coming through. But... Now they're backing up at dealerships. And so the theory here is that the 10% is the early adopters. These are the guys that like the technology. They think that this is cool stuff. And, and because of that, you know, they, they're not idiots. They're going in eyes wide open. They know that they're going to have to deal with more problems, more recalls, more hiccups. They know they're going to have to be more patient with the charging infrastructure or lack thereof. And they're okay with that. And they're okay with paying more to be one of the first, you know, owners of this stuff. But I guess I'll let you pick up here because I know I'm rambling. Like, how many of those guys are there? About 10%. So what's <laughs> it going to take for, you know, the the 80%? Like, What's it going to take to break through that 10% ceiling? A lot to begin with. So the EV has one really big thing going for it right now, and that it will too. And that is the big social movement. It's the right thing to do. And then the government is just funneling money into trying to force fuck this into happening. It's got that going for it. But think about everything it doesn't have going for it. All right. People, for the most part, a lot of people, at least half of the world, doesn't like EVs. Uh, they don't like the idea of mining for, for everything that you have to do to get to them. Um, they don't make sense for a lot of people because the charging infrastructure just absolutely sucks. And it's funny to see people who are supposed to be the professionals in this uh, and really know what they're talking about having to start eating their words. I don't know if you saw this, but Jim Farley 
made uh, a trip across Route 66, I think last week, in a Ford Lightning, um, of course, EV. And he said, wow, I was really shocked at how difficult it was to get this thing charged. And it was a little bit frustrating and the range was not what we wanted it to be. And it's like, dude, haven't you been like touting EVs more than anybody? You should have been driving this thing around every single day. You should already know these problems intimately, but he doesn't, you know, and that should tell you what's going on. Why? Because he's probably a smart guy who drives a V8 F-150 every day, like the rest of the world. Um, on top of that, these things are insanely expensive. People don't trust the technology yet. Interest rates are crazy high. Um, you got people losing jobs and just not making as much money as they have in previous years because the economy's not that great. Like everything is going against EVs right now, as far as the consumers go. Like the government can give all the money and incentives that they want. Speaking of government incentives, the big uh, tax rebate that they were in, that they passed through to basically try to push people into EVs, like none of the EVs made today actually qualify for it. So it's all bullshit and posturing. It does not merely make sense for the normal everyday consumer right now. And because of that, they're gonna have a really hard time breaking through that 10% ceiling. Now, that being said, the manufacturers did rush to market like crazy to make this happen. It was like they were trying to be the first ones to space, the, the first to flight again. I don't know why Elon Musk beat you guys there by like 15 years, but hey, who's counting? Um, so yeah, so so that you guys all got there. You figured out that you can do it, but it's not very good. Uh, and the good news is you guys have still got 12 years before this impending 2035, all cars, you know, sold in the U.S. that are brand new have to be EVs. Hopefully somebody gets smart and makes that go away because I don't see that actually being realistic at all unless you just don't want new cars being sold. That's up to you guys. I don't really care. I don't buy new cars that often. But if that's what you want, sure, go for it. But I just... It, it is definitely going to take some time to get past that 10% ceiling, which is why you're starting to see a lot of manufacturers tiptoe back and go, oh, God, you know, hybrids sound like a really good idea. <laughs> you know, there's some genius to that, man. Hybrid, it's the best of both worlds. And Akio Toyota's in the background going, you guys are freaking morons. Literally been saying this the entire time, and you crucified me for it because I was the bad guy because I wasn't on board with the EV agenda. Um, Jesus, now I feel like I'm rambling now. Anyway, it's all bullshit, man. They're going to have a tough time with it, but they've got 12 years to, to get it figured out. Hopefully longer. Hopefully we can get a politician in there who's not uh, a, um, what's the word, moron, um, who can actually, you know, have a functioning brain and is maybe uh, of a, a more supple age. That would be nice. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Um, yeah, let, let's let's get somebody who actually maybe knows something about cars. Who, if you put a wrench in his hand, can go, oh, that's a wrench. I've seen one of these before. You know, somebody who actually has a little bit of real world experience. I don't think we should have lawyers posturing as politicians telling us what we should do in our automotive industry. And it's pissing me off because it's killing my hobby and my job. And it's bullshit because I already didn't like politicians enough. But now they're screwing up my actual life and my fun time. And that sucks. They need to go away. Yeah. Um, and if you guys, you know, obviously Mike here is teetering on the edge of some political stuff. If you want to 
hear more of that or read more of that, it is absolutely on our website, s3mag.com, because I went down that rabbit hole, um, you know, it when, when I was writing. I tend to feel like I'm a better writer than speaker. So I don't know if I want to go down that. I, I do want to go down that rabbit hole. I don't know if I'm prepared to go down that rabbit hole on a podcast. But I will say, if EVs were truly the better option and truly the future and truly as great as they say it is, they wouldn't have to have incentives to try and make people buy them. And they wouldn't, and when I say they, our current political administration would not have to legislate this stuff and make it law and put timelines on it because it would be the better option and the customer would choose it in a free market. Um, that is the essence of the whole problem here. Whether you guys like it or not, don't know how you voted, don't care, but this political or this, this presidential administration has set the stage for this. They absolutely have. Um, on day one, Biden closed or did not permit, I don't know how you say it, but he basically revoked the permit for the Keystone Pipeline. Well, guess what? That makes gas prices go up. Guess what? That makes the sheep start to look at EVs when gas prices are hitting their wallet harder, right? Like, that's what you do. Um, the, I mean, shit, he took the leash off of the EPA. Uh, the EPA is going after car culture. We're under attack. They are fining businesses, American businesses, a lot of times small businesses in this aftermarket. They're fining them. They're shutting them down. Uh, they are making rules that weren't voted on by us, right? Like these guys are just deciding what they're gonna do and what the rules are gonna be and who they're gonna find. Um, you know, Biden came out and, and and his buddies in California and all that, and they're putting dates on, on when it's no longer gonna be legal to sell an internal combustion car. See, all of this is unnatural. Like you should let things compete in this country. There should be common sense regulations to protect our environment. Nobody is arguing that, but we're at a point where it's not common sense anymore. Uh, how are you going to tell me that a pipeline with grass over it is worse than a fucking hole in the ground because they were mining cobalt or, or lithium or whatever, you know, like, like it, it, we're not, we're not working in logic anymore. We're just pushing an agenda that should absolutely concern you guys <laughs> you know like you should be asking questions because it, it it doesn't make sense we're not saying that evs don't have a place they absolutely do apparently about a 10 percent place right now you know just like sports cars we're not trying to say everybody needs to drive a sports car because that would be fucking asinine like you know what i mean like there should be a variety we live in a in a in a country and we're primarily talking about the U.S. here because it's different than Europe and it's different than other places. But, you know, we have different lifestyles. We live in different areas from very rural to very urban. Uh, people have different needs from their car. Some people simply commute. You know, some people tow and haul. And, and it is unrealistic. It's stupid. It's short-sighted. And it's so blatantly political to try and say that we're all going to be EV by a date that is not realistic. You know what else is not realistic? He's proposing, Biden is proposing 
you know, uh, more stringent regulations on automakers. They're intentionally not achievable. And it's all to push car manufacturers into EVs. It's all working in symphony from the gas prices to the regulations to the EPA. It is an agenda. It's a fucking agenda. Um, and it's not about the environment and it's not about sustainability. Uh, it, it's likely about politics and getting their friends and their their supporters richer. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I guess yeah. I did go down that rabbit hole. I said I wasn't going to go down. It's okay. That's all right. It's late. We're, we're, we're tired. We're, we don't mean it, guys. We don't mean it. Anyway, anything, invo anything involving politics really boils down to two things, money and power. If politicians are banding together to push something really, 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 really hard like this, and it is a square peg round hole situation, and it looks like this should not fit, it's because it has to do with money and power. You know, and I really, yeah. I really don't want to be one of those conspiracy theorist guys, but Jesus Christ, the conspiracy theories keep turning out to be true, guys. I mean, the, the, the fact is, I want you guys to think about this. Ponder me this for just a minute. Think about <clears throat> if all the cars were EVs back during the COVID pandemic, okay? Just let's just set the scene. Close your eyes and just think about it for a minute. If all the cars were EVs and they could just shut the cars off, you know, from a remote area. And don't say they can't because it just happened with the freaking cruise robo taxis in San Francisco, you know, so they can absolutely just brick these things right where they sit. All right. So imagine what would have happened when they sent those stay at home orders out they would have absolutely turned everyone's cars off 100%. Like if you if you can put yourself back in that situation and remember the panic and just the not knowing what was going on and how the government was like, get in your damn houses, nobody knows what's going on, be safe. If you do go out in public, wear a mask, but don't go out in public. That was basically what was happening, okay? If, if that would have happened during this futuristic situation that I'm talking about, they would have absolutely turned the vehicles off and stopped your life on a dime, just like that. Now, what is that? That's control, okay? I mean, I'm not saying the government has a playbook where, you know, <laughs> they find way to kind of hurt us like cattle the way that they want us to go, but I feel like a, you know, a piece of beef right now. Over the past three years, the way that they've treated us is absolutely just total shit. And the worst part is they want us to pay through the nose for it, for taxes and buying these crazy, ridiculous cars that we don't want. The, the fact is, on paper, EV is a great idea. If you, if you know nothing about cars and you only look at the statistics on paper, you're like, wow, I don't have to pay for gas and it's great for the environment and it just plugs right up into my garage. Sounds fantastic. If that were actually the truth, these things would be flying off the lots. You would not be able to keep them there because everybody would want in on that because it's kind of a cheat code to life. But guess what? It ain't true. All you're doing is trading in the oil barons for the freaking electrical barons. That's it. Just one master for another one. I, I know you were trying to say something. Sorry, man. Well, yeah, I mean, back to your point. Any new car that is capable of receiving over-the-air updates is capable of being shut off. Uh, Ford has already put a patent in for 
their cars to be able to repossess themselves. That's not saying they're going to do it, but the thought is there. Not planning on using it. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe they're not. Maybe they're protecting other people from using it, but the thought is there. The thought process is going in that direction. Um, so yes, if this were to happen in COVID, they could absolutely, and it is not far-fetched, even though I wish it was, say, you get to drive on Tuesday and Thursday. You know, like, you get to drive on Monday and Wednesday or whatever, and and do it like that. And look, you can't, don't be naive, guys. Don't think, well, they're, they're not trying to do that, blah, blah, blah. No, when you implement technology like this, do not think about what they're trying to do right now. Think about somebody even more devious in the future and what they will be able to do with it. It's just like the gun laws or anything else. You got to be really careful about the laws that you change and what you allow in, because once it's there, somebody could use that for malicious intent later. Maybe it's not Biden. Maybe Biden is eating his ice cream and not even thinking about that shit because he doesn't have really any intentions, let alone devious ones. Maybe he's the freaking devil. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like it could go either way. But maybe there's a guy that's 20 years old right now that's about to be the next fucking world menace. You know what I mean? And what is he going to do um, to put this much technology this fast and this rushed, and it is rushed. It's not naturally happening. It's kind of being forced. And we can see that in the recalls. Like, come on, like you can't, you know, like to be rushing this kind of stuff this fast with this little forethought under a false agenda of sustainability is absolutely reckless. And mm -hmm. I would think real long and hard before I bought any new vehicle that can get over the air updates personally. Because, uh, you know, it's like you said, you are giving away freedom and you are accepting control. Especially with the emergence of AI, like, you guys should not want any of this stuff. I'm talking about the little Amazon Echoes, anything that is in your house that receives these over-the-air updates that can listen yeah. to you or control the way that you travel or, or what you purchase and stuff like that. You guys should not want this stuff in your house. That's the thing. This isn't, this should not be, EVs should not be political because the government shouldn't have a dog in the fight. So it is political. But no matter what side of politics you fall on when it comes to social issues or economic issues, we should be on the same side on this. I don't know, I, I cannot understand the mentality of people at this point, 2023, thinking that the more government control is gonna be good for their lives. That's what I don't understand. I mean, I, you know, I, look, a, a lot of these political issues have a lot of gray area. They're really complicated. I understand all that, but we should be on the same page when it comes to, I don't know, freedom, you know? Like, like not giving up all of our freedom and all of our control in the name of sustainability and safety. And the, or, the, the, these are immeasurable things. Your existence causes a strain on the earth. All of our existence puts a footprint on this fucking earth. So you can never argue with that. And it will never stop. It will never stop. Once they get everybody in EV pods and they can control when you drive, then it's going to be, well, 
You can't have a red car because the chemicals that go into making red are worse for the environment. So you get to drive white or black. It's fucking communism, guys. It is, you are taking the color and the variety and the spice and the options and the freedom and the individuality out of life. Like you're letting them do it and they're doing it bite by bite. How do you eat an elephant? Bite by bite. How do you take down a country and freedom? Bite by bite, you know, like one bite at a time. Um, and the, the other analogy, how do you boil a frog? You know, you just crank up the heat slowly and that's what is going down. Um, I've heard that one before. Really? Yeah. yeah, man, like you can put a frog, this is, I've never tested this because it would be really inhumane, but apparently you can put a frog in water, regular room temperature water, he'll sit there, put him in a pan, you know, in the water, and then you crank the heat and you just slowly crank that heat and he will just die and never jump out of the pan because it happened little by little and frogs are stupid, a lot like a lot of us these days. So. Yeah, see that, that that's the thing that drives me nuts is I, I want to believe in humanity's ability to band together for a common goal. But one problem is we don't have a common goal. Everything seems to be just absolutely split in half and half of everybody's on this side and half everybody's on this side. The fact is most of the world happens in the gray area in the middle. But I mean, it, it's just nuts, man. It, it makes no sense. Look, they got us so divided yeah. on every other social topic that nobody can admit how fucking far we've fallen, right? Like, it's going to take somebody going, you know what? I was wrong about that. I got played on this. I, I jumped to conclusions on this. And we need to kind of unite because there's a bigger fight that we have. And it's not you know, who we're screwing or what color we are or what our income level is or any of the stuff that they're trying to divide us on, that ain't it. And that's the problem is in order to 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 overcome, we all got to admit that we were fucking wrong and stupid and petty, you know, on, on some other things. Like, I mean, they played us, dude. Like we have gotten played and divided on every little stupid topic. Social media has been the absolute canvas to do it, you know? And and so we gotta rise above that fast, fast. Yeah, but I mean, that that's, that's the big downfall of the internet is it brings that mob mentality. Like a person is intelligent and compassionate and can properly debate and talk about things and, and differentiate right from wrong. People are panicky and stupid. And that's what the internet is. It's just a bunch of people in a comment section reacting to headlines and other comments. And, and the people, the people that really pull the strings know that they're mm -hmm. playing this like a game of chess. And and the people that you speak of, <laughs> we're not used to this, man. We're used to living in our tribes, you know, in our communities or whatever. Uh, and now we're <clears throat> now we're arguing about things that didn't happen to us, didn't happen in our region, didn't, you know what I mean? Like you see a 20 second clip of something and we're like literally voting on that. You know what I mean? Like we're not voting on it. And you know what? I mean, you know, cars are just one topic and you shouldn't, you shouldn't be a one issue voter even when it comes to cars, but eh, cars are, what they're doing to the automotive industry right now is kind of a metaphor for just a much bigger, you know, I don't know, a, a much bigger agenda, a way that they see 
they're citizens, they're people, you know what I mean? They're, there's there's dangerous stuff going on, for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you guys are history buffs. What's happening here, just the the panic and the gaslighting and the way that the media is acting, it's very similar to the buildup of World War II uh, in Europe. Specifically one country I'm not going to mention. <laughs> Anyway, I guess we should move on. We probably we probably tiptoed around this a little too much. <laughs> yeah, I mean we can bring it back to cars here. Let me let me look through. I mean, I guess we can kind of close out this this whole thing is spiraled off of the whole 10% ceiling on EVs. The point is, you know, within certain common sense guidelines that is, you know, for the environment, like car makers should be able to make what they think their customers want. And the Biden administration has taken that off the table and said, no, you're going to make this or else. And so every car manufacturer went into a tailspin to try and and meet those requirements, which are ridiculous. And now business is getting hard for them. And and it's going to be hard. I mean, they've totally turned this thing upside down. And the government had a hand in making the business hard on their own country's companies. That seems a little screwy to me. Um, and just so you <laughs> know, whenever business gets hard on massive corporations like that, they do not just accept the brunt of it. They pass that cost down to the consumers. Me and you were talking about this earlier today. Perfect example, Ford has decided to kill the base model of the Bronco. So like when they first introduced the Bronco, which was like, what, three, four years ago when they first came out the con for the concept of it, the base model was supposed to be like a sub $30,000 little off-road fun thing, right? Mm -hmm. And now, I mean, obviously inflation and just everything else that's happened, but now you can't even get a base model. It, it, it's it's not manufactured anymore. It's not an option. So that immediately increases every single one by like $4,000. And I guarantee this was the bean counters at Ford going, hey, guys, oh, shit. So we have lost $2.8 billion in the past seven months alone on this whole EV investment. Um, and that's pure loss. Uh, against against not pure profit, but you know net profit. When you think about it like that, instead of gross profit, it is a big big deal because 2.8 billion is a lot of coin. Um, but the point is, that's a perfect example of them passing the cost down to us because I guarantee the big wigs at Ford sat down and said, "Okay, guys, what can we do to get profits back up?" I know. Here's what we'll do: we have to maximize the value of every single vehicle that's being sold right now, because we're not selling a bunch of them. EVs are piling up on lots really fast, but the other stuff's piling up too, because the market's not great and insurance rates are super high right now. So a lot of people are not qualifying for loans and even the ones who are, aren't really wanting to spin. So we have to make sure that every single vehicle that we put out there to be manufactured and sold. If we're gonna go through the whole process of it, we have to maximize profits. How do we do that? Don't even offer a base model. Don't do it. It's yeah. money. Yeah, I mean, especially if, you know, if they, it's a supply and demand thing, if they only have so many Broncos that are starting to come through the pipeline, yes, make them all 
Badlands or whatever the, the bad boys are. I don't know what the upper model Bronco is off the top of my head. But yeah, eliminate the one with the small infotainment screen and the 16-inch steel wheels, you know, and bump those up, man. <clears throat> the great thing about a base model 4x4, though, is it allows us to play in the aftermarket, right? But they're kind of, they're making you spend more on the vehicle before you can even start playing. I don't care what wheels come on a Jeep or a Bronco when I buy it, because I'm going to go in the aftermarket and I'm going to put bigger wheels and tires on it. It's just the way that we do it. Um, and, and, and yeah, dude, it, it's just, it's crazy, dude. Like, think about the spread on something like a Jeep or a Bronco right now. Let's just say the Jeep, because you actually still can get those for just over $30,000. But you can also get them for $100,000. Like, there's a $70,000 spread on a Jeep. When did that happen? A Jeep is supposed to be an affordable, little, rugged, good guy's 4 by 4 that the dude working at Chili's has. And now it's like a $70,000 spread on these things. It's just, mm -hmm. it's insane. But the point, yes. Even if you buy a Bronco, you're paying for the fuck-ups that Ford is making on the EVs. You're paying for the Mach-E, even when you buy a Bronco, because when you're losing $2.8 billion this year so far, you got to make it up somewhere, right? Oh, yeah. Um, it's just, goddamn, like every arrow is just pointing to, hey, don't buy a new car. Don't. It's expensive. It's inflated. It's high interest. It has over-the-air updates. It's just full of sensor. It's just the whole thing. It's like we are going in a really, really stupid direction, man. Like, like me and you should be wanting the new cars. This is like what we do. And yep. it's just become a big liability and concern. It, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. One of the main reasons I don't want to get a new vehicle is because I don't want to get duped into accidentally buying one of those COVID manufactured cars. That's probably been sitting outside baking and freezing for the last two years. That's another thing. And you're not going to convince me otherwise, because I just have a hunch that these Broncos that are coming through the dealerships now are the same Broncos that were sitting in the Speedway fields for like two years through two hot summers and two freezing winters waiting on chips. Like, <clears throat> if you buy a 2023 exclusive color, you're getting a 2023. But if you're just buying white, red, black, anvil, whatever stinking colors, they are Area 51 or whatever, like, that car very well could have been sitting. So you're buying a dry, and, and you're paying an absolute premium for it. These cars should be like, moving through the dealerships, getting discounted, getting liquidated, whatever, incentives, cash back, all that kind of stuff, and get them gone. This is going to plague us for the rest of this decade, dude. Yeah. So, right. yeah, I don't know. I'm trying. Let me see if there's anything else here. Dude, let's, <laughs> I, I mentioned it earlier, so let's talk about the Cruise Robo Taxi, because this yeah. is a perfect example of just... <laughs> technology failing so apparently in san francisco so if you guys don't know what the cruise robo taxi is it's this fleet of exactly what it sounds like they're robotic ai freaking taxis and they just drive people around and you you call them up on an app on your phone it picks you up it's a driverless car it takes you to where you're going right so now we're putting cab drivers and uber drivers out of business great i hope you guys feel good about that 
save that money anywhere you can, right? Anyway, yeah, so these little shit boxes, apparently, uh, there was a big concert in San Francisco the other night. And uh, I guess because so many people were on their phones after the concert, it caused these things to all lose network signal. And when they lose network signal, they don't do a smart thing like return to base or just like finish the ride that you're on. Nope, they just totally shit the bed and brick themselves and just stop in traffic. Um, so there were some narrow streets that these things were on. I think they said like 10 or 11 of them. Um, all within like this same little vicinity, just kind of like totally died and destroyed what was already really bad traffic, made it so much worse. And it's not like it, it's a normal car where you can just get a tow truck in there and yank that thing up out of the freaking way. No, man, these things are like locked up little bricks that don't want to go into a neutral and they don't want to move at all. Like the yeah. entire assembly is just frozen. Um, and it has to basically be digitally brought back to life. And uh, yeah, apparently it was just an absolute shit show, just a disaster. The future is so dumb. So dumb. You can literally walk by that thing and put a cone on the hood and it's bricked. Yeah. Like, it, just, it just freaks out. It doesn't know what to do. It's so stupid. Like, what, what, how are we? We're using technology to go backwards. It just doesn't makes sense all of the technology that goes into this car for it to be literally stupid mm -hmm. and you said people are just having sex in them big sex parties. oh yeah yeah man hey you hear people are fucking in these things so <laughs> that's like that's like a thing that people do I, i'm i don't know if it's for only fans channels or if it's just some little kink that people have or or what but apparently because there's no driver there's no parent, no chaperone watching. People are just going heels to Jesus in these damn things and just making a fucking mess. So next time you get in one of these things, I recommend bringing a black light, uh, some disinfectant, some hand sanitizer for sure. Because there is some semen and needles in there that you're going to want no part of. Yeah, I hope these things become a big soggy cesspool of semen and syringes and needles. That's what they deserve. Uh, we've, we've done, we know what public transportation is right we've all been in it whether it's a marta train or a, or shoot even a cab or a bus or whatever like they're disgusting that's why we move beyond it to individual transportation and people like to own their own car but apparently now we're going backwards and you don't want to own anything and you want this circular economy where you ride in some robo taxi that somebody just fucked in and it smells weird and that's what you want for your future. And you know what, man? You're going to sit down and sit on a syringe and get AIDS. That's where this is going. Like, this is the, it sounds like something. I, what's that Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg movie where, where they're talking about the, the homeless the guy. Where they're going to have sex in the Prius? They, they, called it, they called it the soup kitchen. <laughs> I mean, you know what? Good. Good. Just good for San Francisco. Good for the robo taxi they're all getting what they deserve man yeah you guys have fun with that don't bring that shit to georgia it will not work here yeah uh, i'm not i'm not gonna have any part of that i'm just gonna run around and put cones on <laughs> little rocks on the hood and freeze them all it's it, it, mm, i really hope i really hope that we use the small window we have left to get some common sense as a nation and stop just stop with this shit 
it, it's sadly, I know we've been joking around a lot here, but on a serious note, so much of this is because human nature is just so drawn to ease and comfort. Like mm. you, you give any, any person in the world a choice between something difficult that pays off in the end and something that is comfortable and easy and nine times out of 10, they're going to take comfortable and easy just because it's exactly what it sounds like. It's comfortable and easy. Um, and that's what's gotten us into this situation because we're no longer having true innovation anymore. Like people aren't saying, I want to become an inventor and make the world better and do this better and do that better. It's just all about, I'll do this and I'll make it easier for people. And then we'll make a ton of money off of it. Like that's, that's as far as it goes now. And that's, yeah. we'll make this product, we'll make it in the name of safety or sustainability. And then we'll get the government to mandate it, and then we'll be very rich. Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's actually safe or sustainable or even convenient, it doesn't matter because that's the way that this country and this world is thinking. Like, I miss, you know, I grew up in an era where we valued, like, being the pilot. You know what I mean? We wanted to strap in and go, man, whether it was a car or a boat or a jet ski or an airplane or all of these things, like, that. We used to be adrenaline junkies, like all of us, you know what I mean? Like we liked that idea of like speed and freedom and being in control and like operating a machine. And these people, man, I don't even know if it's a generation. It's more of just a mindset demographic or what is it? But it, they just don't want to do anything. Like what, what do these people value like what do they want to where where is their hobbies what what what, what do they what gives them inspiration and there isn't it's just it's easier yeah i mean i think it's a lack of of they, they they for some reason do not seek out that sense of accomplishment like you and i do like i got into cars because they're cool but then i started modifying cars because i enjoyed it it was a cool way to meet friends bond with people, but also accomplish something. All right, we put an exhaust and an intake on the car. Wow, we just picked up like 15, 20 horsepower. Let's do something else. Let's take it to the racetrack. Let's learn how to drive a manual transmission a little bit better. Let's accomplish something. And I understand that there's a lot of people out there that see that as dumb. And they say, oh, you you have to have, you know, your your manual transmission is, is you know, accompanied by your manhood. And they do things to belittle people like me and you. And that's that's fine. If that's their thing, that's what get their rocks off, rocks off, that's fine. If they don't need that sense of accomplishment to actually get things done, that's fine. But those people should also shut the fuck up and let the people who actually do accomplish things maybe be the ones that have the voice. Yeah, I mean, it's a sense of wanting to challenge yourself. And it can be as dumb as changing a radiator in a 944, which I just did, you know, or it can be as dumb as driving the Jeep with a 70% chance of rain with no top. But there's always this, this, this little bit of like, I want this adventure. I want this challenge. I want to beat it. Like, I want to not just, exist on this drive but i want it to be i don't know something fun you know like an activity i guess i guess they don't have that and the whole connecting your manual transmission to your manhood that's a whole nother issue because they are obviously attacking 
masculinity all over every different topic and to try and associate that too i mean it's yeah it is badass you're gonna try and you're gonna try and make fun of the fact that like you know my me driving this car has takes more skill than you riding in your robo taxi yes and i am better for for that you know like it is a learnable skill which i chose to learn to enrich my life you didn't you know what I mean? Like, that, sorry for you. You know, it's it. Don't attack my masculinity because it's just it's ridiculous, dude. It's it's dumb. But you know, they're attacking everybody for everything, and for some reason, the smart people feel like they need to defend it. You just need to start going. You know what, man? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I don't have to defend it to you, and and I'm gonna keep doing it. So, um, yeah, y'all have fun in your semen infested robo taxis hope hope that works out for you bring an extra pair of clothes so you can change when you get out of that thing it's really disgusting you should buy your own car and grow the fuck up anyway uh i guess that's about all we got for tonight that's it for me that's it for me man if you guys don't have the app please get it it helps us out it's called s3 magazine it's available on those little techie platforms like Apple and Android, which is kind of ironic. Uh, anyway, uh, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, we hope you learned something, and we'll see you next time.